You may be seated. Sitting around the house the other day, and Christmas decorations up, the Christmas tree, the lighting, and we have all the handmade ornaments and all the things around the house. And Dargan, my son, my nine-year-old, sort of just points to this empty corner of the room and just said, is God over there? And I knew it was some kind of game, some kind of test. And I, so I'm, yes, he is. You know, I went with yes. I figured that's the best way to go. And he said, you're right. I passed the test. He said, God is everywhere. And I'm like, all right, man, we're getting through to him. And as he was saying that, and I was reflecting on these lessons, there's a big question that comes before us. On the one hand, we understand that theological component, as my son aptly pointed out. God created everything. God is everywhere. He's there. He's here. He's everywhere. And yet... The question is this, is God with us? You see, it's a very different kind of question, and it's the question that Advent is all about. Because Emmanuel, God is with us, is a powerful saying. It's something that we have to understand to understand what is going on in all of these scriptures. Advent is about the extraordinary measures that God went through to be born a human under the Virgin Mary to become man so that he could be with us what did God put aside what was he thinking what was that all about how do we understand that great mystery and it's that that I want us to unpack today how and what does it mean for God to be with us we hear these incredible lines at the end of the gospel that says because if God is with us nothing will be impossible and that sounds good. That sounds like something we want to put up on the refrigerator. If God is with us, nothing is impossible. And so today we start off with King David, right? King David, who was a nobody shepherd, and he was like the sixth born son. He was not, there was nothing expected of him to be anything other than a nobody all of his life. And God raises him up to be the holy king of Israel and when we pick up this scene David has been faithful he has risen up he has suffered much but they have finally taken the promised land the holy land of Israel they have now taken it they have won the battle and David has built the house of the king and all the enemies have been defeated and there's peace in the land and David says but Lord the Ark of the Covenant is in the tent in that tabernacle, and we've been wandering through the desert, and we've been wandering for years and years, and now that we have the Holy Land, I would love to build a temple worthy of your name. And Nathan, who's the prophet, is with him, and I love his answer. He tells David, he says, you know what? The Lord is with you, so whatever you have in mind, go ahead and start to do that. You see, Nathan's a prophet of Israel. Nathan is a man after God's heart. And what he recognizes, what he sees in his king David, is a man who God is with. He looks at the life of David and he says, God is absolutely with you. Now, let's think back on the life of David. Does Nathan think this about David? Because David lived the pure life and never did anything wrong. No, 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 that, that's not it. Is he looked back and said, man, David, you followed all the rules. You did all the religious things right. You passed the test. No, 
Failure there again. What he does is he looks back at David's life and said, David, whenever you blew it, whenever you broke God's commands, you confessed your sin. And you repented. And you changed your ways. And you turned your heart back towards God. And a man who does that over and over again, that is somebody obviously the Lord is with. And so as we look at our own lives, our goal isn't to go be perfect and to do all the things right. If we want God to be with us, we live a life like David of confession and repentance. And that unlikely shepherd boy becomes the greatest king of all Israel. For nothing is impossible for God when God is with us. And so David models this very idea in the way that he lives his life. And then as we turn to the gospel today, we see this incredible contrast between Zechariah, remember Zechariah and Elizabeth who were the parents of John the Baptist, and then you have Mary and Joseph who are going to be the, the, the parents of Jesus, and two things happen and they sound almost exactly the same. Gabriel the angel of God shows up to them, pronounces to Elizabeth and, and Zechariah, who are, you know, in their 70s or 80s. I mean, they're old. I mean, they're well past their days. And he says to them, you're going to bear a son, and he's going to make, you know, the path for the Messiah to come. And Zechariah says, man, I, 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 don't, I don't really know about that. You know, you, can you show me how that's, can you prove that? I mean, what is going on there? In the same way, that same angel shows up to Mary and says, you're going to have a son, and he's going to be the Messiah. And she says, I'm not even married. I, I'm, a, I'm a virgin. How's this going to happen? And it seems like she's asking a very similar question to Zechariah, doesn't it? It seems like they're on pretty same ground, but you know what happens? Gabriel says, you know what, Mary? You are so faithful, and you are so blessed, and nothing's impossible to God. And, and she receives this incredible blessing. And Zechariah, Gabriel says to, to Zechariah, man, you're so full of fear and doubt, you're not even going to be able to speak for nine months because you didn't believe me. And you think, well, that doesn't seem quite fair. Why does Zechariah seem to get punished so much, and Mary gets to be, you know, the greatest of all women? What's happening? They're both asking questions. You see, what's at the heart of that is the questions they were asking. Because when we really look at what they said, everything comes into focus. We really start to get at the heart of what does it mean that God is with us. Because what Zechariah actually said was, you know what? I don't believe you. I have fear and doubt in my life. You don't understand that me and my wife have been praying to have a child forever, and it's never come. God's never answered our prayers. And now you're going to show up, now that it's past the time, past what's even possible, and you're going to tell us this story to, what, reawaken that hope in my life again that I finally have squelched because it's so painful? I don't believe it. You have to prove something like that to me. Can you prove it? is what he said. And Gabriel said, that's not the way it works with the Lord. When you approach him with fear and doubt and all that pain and suffering in your life, 
You don't get to demand of God the proofs that he's going to do the things. This is how it works. And we look at the life of Mary, and what Mary says is completely opposite. Of course she doesn't understand. Of course it's some mystery. But she says, wow, that's amazing. I believe you. I stand here in faith today, not fear and doubt, but in faith, Gabriel, and I believe you. Can you show me how that's going to unfold? Because I have no concept of what that would look like. She responds with faith. Zechariah responds with fear and doubt. You see, that's the situation we're in every single day of our lives. As we look at the world and we look at the promises of God and we take steps, we make decisions, and we do our lives, we're doing it out of one of these two things. We're either operating basically out of fear and doubt, which says I gotta take care of myself, I gotta be in control of my life, God can't be trusted, he's failed me on so many things, and he's not gonna do something that I can't understand, and if he says he is, he's gonna need to prove it. When we live our life that way, and I can't tell you how many days I've lived my life, how many hours, how many minutes, that I fall back into that fear and doubt. I let the past circumstances and my interpretation of them tell me that God is not loving, that he is not merciful, that he is not gonna be good and true to all of his promises in my life, and that I am suffering needlessly, and that the pain that I'm going through is unwarranted, and something isn't right with this world, and if God would just get up and do what I tell him, it will all get better. You see, that's not living a life where God is with me. That's living a life where I'm saying to God, God, I need you to be with me, because here's where I am. You come to me on my grounds, on my terms, and do life my way. And Mary does the opposite. She says, it's a mystery. I don't understand, Lord, but I know you to be a good God. I know you to be loving. I know that your mercies are new and fresh every day. I know that I can't understand the call that you have on my life to the fullest. And I don't demand that of you, Lord. But show me, what does it look like for me to do today? Show me what it's next. Show me how I can be your handmaiden. Show me how I can be your servant. Show me how I can walk in your ways and fulfill all that you've called me to do and to be. And that's the life that we've been invited into. Because when God is with us, nothing is impossible. Sometimes I've read that scripture and I've looked at it, I think, the wrong way. I think I've interpreted it as nothing is impossible. Therefore, Whatever I can dream up, whatever I want, whatever I will for my life, God can give me. If I, pro I probably have to pray right, or I probably have to read enough of the Bible, or I probably have to be a pretty good guy, but it's possible. And so I have this plan, I have this blueprint for my life in all my circumstances, and I know it's not impossible, because God will do it for me if I'm just good enough. See, that's not the way it works. It is the opposite of that. It is not, God, join my plans. It is saying, I have faith, Lord. What are your plans? What are you doing? What are you up to? And I want to be with you. And you with me. I want to join in what you're doing. 
Is that possible? And he says, yes. Come. I came down, Emmanuel. I took on the form so that we could be with one another and that you could walk in my ways and live out my decrees and live a life full of hope and joy and peace. And he invites us to join us in that. But if we continue to say, God, be with me, we have it the wrong way. We're moving in the wrong direction. And we, like Zechariah, stand silent before God. So what does it mean for us to have God with us? Okay, I, I, I believe you, Alan. I want God to be with me. I want to live a life like Mary, not like Zechariah. I want to put aside the, the faith and I, I mean the, the fear and the doubt. I want to put those things. So what does it look like? I want to live a life where God is with me on a daily basis, on a regular basis. How can I do that? You see, these are where these practices come into place. Things that we all know about. Prayer, reading scripture, singing God's songs like we did this morning. Man, if you didn't feel that God was with us, man, that was powerful. There's so many ways that we live our lives and we live out these, what we term religious activities. We do them all in effort to be with God again. In that relationship and the closeness. Lord, we want to draw near to you. And so when I approach prayer, Lord, I'm coming to pray so that I can be with you. Not so I just tell you what I want you to do. And Lord, as I approach scripture, I don't want to read the Bible so I can be smarter, be impressive, sound holy, you know, know all the right answers in Bible study. I go to scripture because, Lord, you're there. Your work, your, your, you are present in your word. And I want to be with you. I want to be with you in relationship. This isn't a head knowledge thing that I'm pursuing. I want to be with you in relationship so that I can have all those promises that you've provided for us. So how do we go about all of these things is key. Whether it's singing or dancing or praying or religious retreat or fasting. It doesn't matter what the thing is. Are we going at it with a heart of fear and doubt where we're trying to control God? Or are we pursuing each and every one of these things with a spirit of faith saying, Lord, because you've torn the curtain, because you have died on the cross, we can be with you. You are Emmanuel. And I want to be with you today. And I want to align my will with your will so that everything you say will happen. Remember, King David, he had that, he, Nathan said, man, do, you're with, God is with you. Go ahead and plan on building the temple. And David and Nathan went to God in prayer. And you know what the Lord told David? He said, no, you are actually not going to build the temple. He said, I'm going to let you pay for it, which is nice. So he got to put all the gold and all the cedar and all that in a storehouse. But he said, David, Follow my decree. And of course, David said, you got it. I, I wanted to build you a house, but if you're saying no, I, I don't quite understand it. But your will be done. Because David was with God. He didn't demand his will. He didn't demand his ways. He didn't say, look, I got the resources. I can make it happen, God. You just, don't, don't worry about you, God. I'm going to do it anyway. He said, no, I'll be obedient. And Mary said, I'll be obedient. And every day, God is asking us to be obedient in that kind of faith in our lives. Lord, we want to align ourselves up with your will. We gathered together um, last Saturday. 
yeah, last Saturday. And you see, what we did is we didn't gather together as God's church so that we could say, my will be done. God, do this. We want you to do it on our time. We want you to bring about this a new rector. We want this to happen. We, we want everything done. And here's what it should look like, God. And we want you to bless it. That's not what we did. We gathered together to say, we, we're here, Lord, to seek collectively your will. We want to hear your voice. We want to know what you're telling us as your congregation, the Abbey, to do today. What does that look like? We come we're sacrificing our time. We're devoting our time to pray and to listen. And we're going to listen to one another. And we're going to listen to you. And we're going to say, we're going to order our lives around that. Because that is being with you, Lord. And we know that nothing is impossible if we are aligning our life with you. No relationship is impossible when we're with God. We can forgive anything that anyone has done to us. God can restore any relationship. God can redeem anything. When we're with God, no matter what He has asked us to do, no matter how insane or crazy or insignificant it seems, it's all possible with God. He will make that happen. That's living the life of faith. That's the Advent message. God is now with us. We are no longer separated from Him. And now, if we join him, our life will change forever. Live a life of faith. Believe in the promises of God. And then when we get to Romans, the greatest theological book of all, the book you can study over and over and think about understanding God and understand how he works. It's a great book of theology. But he really ends with a gospel message. He ends by saying, I know we went over all this theology. I know we went over all these things. But let me finish this way. And I'm going to paraphrase what he's saying. He's saying, God desires to be with you. He desires all men to be saved. And because of his great love and mercy, he sent his son Jesus to establish the gospel, the good news that had been hidden in the past. Yes, it was prophesied, and it was in the Old Testament, and all of that points to who he was, but now it's been known in Jesus. That revelation, that mystery that was hidden for long ages has been revealed so that all of you, Jews, Gentiles, everyone can come into that saving embrace. And because that's true, we have the opportunity to respond. And we can be like Zechariah and say, that sounds too good to be true. I'm not sure about that. I don't know that I deserve it. I don't know that that gospel is for me. Or we can be like Mary. And we say, how can we join you? What will it look like for us to be with you, Lord? How will that even be possible? And he says, here's how it will be possible. I know that you're jars of clay. And I know that you're broken. But I'm going to fill you with my Holy Spirit. I'm going to make you new. You will be start to become new creations. And I'm going to use you to establish my kingdom on earth until I come again. And I'm going to give you gifts. And I'm going to give you abilities. And I'm going to pour out all kinds of blessings on you so that you give those away to everyone around you. 
and people will look at the way you live your life and they will say, God is with you. And they will ask the question, well, can God be with me? And we will be his ambassadors and we say, absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter the depth of your sin. It doesn't matter how far you have strayed away from the Lord. Today, again, he is saying, I'm with you. Join me. Take that step of faith. Deny the fear and the doubts that keep yelling so loudly in your ears and receive the truth that's in the gospel. The truth that you hear from your brothers and sisters who are in the Lord. The truth that's read today in scripture. The truth that we know in our hearts when we see it. The truth of who Jesus Christ really is. The truth that he is here today. That he is with us. That he inhabits the praises of his people. He is with us when we sing. He is with us when we read it. He is with us when we pray. He will be with us when we walk out this door. And when we're at home. And when we're alone. And when those thoughts creep up again and we're tempted to fall back into our fears and our worries and our concerns. We will say, no, God, you are with us. Emmanuel. Holy, holy, holy are you. And we'll join the voices of angels and archangels and all the company of heaven who forever sing that hymn to proclaim his glory. And we're invited into that heavenly choir to join in those praises, to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the Advent season. This is the invitation that he extends to us again today. Receive in faith that God is with you. Amen. Now, let us respond to this gospel by saying together and standing the Apostles' Creed. 